Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We all have inner work to do. Real life, real faith is an opportunity to connect with Cheryl and her guests as they take you on a journey to help you become your authentic self. Whether you need help goal setting, developing coping skills, or connecting with a power greater than yourself, Cheryl is here to walk with you on your path to personal transformation. Get inspired as Cheryl lets you become an active participant or just sit back and glean from the messages delivered. It's Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. Welcome to Real Life, Real Faith. I am your host, Cheryl Lacey Donovan, and we're glad that you've joined us here on this evening. Um, We have an awesome, awesome show lined up for you on tonight. We'll be speaking with... um, a renaissance woman. I mean, this lady does some of everything, and she's very powerful with all that she does. Uh, before we get started, uh, let's talk a little bit about the election and what's happening right now. Early voting has begun. Early voting has begun, and I am here in Houston, Texas, um, where there is Harris County, Montgomery County, Fort Bend County, and already we have heard of some potential indiscrepancies in the voting process where the people that uh, are being voted for were not necessarily the same people whose names showed up once they, the uh, individual was ready to cast as a ballot. So I don't know, you know, what's going on, but just everybody out there that if you're going to go vote this week, if you're going to early vote, if you're going to vote in the actual election, just uh, make sure that you are very intentional and very diligent about going back and uh, checking on the vote that you cast, making sure that all of the people that you intended to vote for have been uh, have been identified on your ballot before you cast that ballot. Um, and, and as you know, it's been a uh, rough ride this year as far as the election is concerned, but I am sure that it will turn out the way it is intended to. And um, just just want to just encourage everybody, just get out there and vote. Just yesterday, or actually on Sunday, I believe it was, I was talking to some young people who were somewhat apathetic about the voting process and whether or not they wanted to go vote. They were registered, but didn't think that they wanted to cast the vote. And, you know, I just I went through the whole thing with them to try to explain why it is so important for them to get out the vote. Uh, and hopefully, I, I think that I, I talked some sense into them when they, they left, they did say that they were going to, they had changed their minds and that they were going to, um, going to vote. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. This election is, again, like I said, it's just something that has been so up in arms. It's been so divisive, divisive, however you want to pronounce it. It's just been an incredible journey to see exactly what's been going on and how ugly people can be. I, I think what I think what, what really bothers me most about this uh, about this particular election is that. It seems like it's brought out the worst in everybody. You know, 
we all, I don't think any of us was naive enough to believe that there were not bad people out there, that there were not ugly people out there. But now it's like it's, it's right in your face, and, and people are just saying, you know, ugly things and doing ugly things and, you know, just being uh, really cool to one another. And if it's one thing that we don't need any more of, it's, it's hatred and, 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 you know, confusion and discord and what have you. But it seems like this election – um, that's exactly what it has been about, and that is very unfortunate uh, in in the grand scheme of things because as that old song used to say, what the world needs now is love, sweet uh, love. That's the only thing that there's just too little of. So hopefully we can get back to center and uh, move forward from this and, and, and do better, just do better than we have been doing. It's It's been an amazing ride. So um, tonight, we're going to be talking about one of the issues that October has been set aside to bring attention to, um, among other things, obviously, there is breast cancer, but it's also Domestic Violence Month, Domestic Violence Month. And we've probably heard very, very, uh, a lot of different um, uh People speak on domestic violence and advocate on behalf of domestic violence and, uh, you know, do what they can to try to eliminate or curtail domestic violence. But this lady tonight, she is really a driven individual with a passion for writing. She serves clients from all over the world. She has more than 10 years of combined professional experience writing, editing, designing websites, and creating social media marketing plans for small business owners and entrepreneurs. She happens to also be a contributor for the Huffington Post, a freelance writer for the Washington Post Talent Network, and a featured columnist for DivorcedMoms.com. She's had bylines in places like Cosmopolitan, Elle, Marie Claire, Good Housekeeping, Woman's Day, Red Book, Scary Mommy, and and a whole lot of other digital publications. Um, She's also a featured speaker, um, a panel participant. She's a social commentator for all kinds of media, and she's a woman's media expert for SheSource, and she also uh, is a member of the Speakers Bureau for Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, or RAIN. And so that's kind of what we brought her here for on tonight, because she has a film that she has done entitled um, Marital Rape is Real, Marital rape is real, and I, for one, can uh, testify to that, have dealt with that situation myself in, in, in my lifetime. I mean, it took so long to even call it what it actually was that uh, it, 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 it almost seemed surreal. And I think one of the, the biggest issues I had with it is that when this happened to me in the mid-'80s, Uh, During that time, I I actually reported it to the police, and the police told me that there was nothing that they could do. This was domestic violence or uh, a a family issue or something like that, and and I was devastated. I, I, you know, felt like I had done the right thing. I was not going to allow it to go by unpunished or without letting somebody know and for them to tell me something like that, it is, uh, it was a blow. It was a blow. And I think that's why it took me so long to actually, you know, really talk about it and call it what it was. But um, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of, a lot of the legislation, a lot of the laws have changed 
I'm not so sure that all of them um, have changed enough, especially when I hear story after story about women that have gotten the um, restraining orders against someone, and yet they still end up with difficulty either enforcing those orders and in some instances even end up uh, deceased as a result of uh, the the violence, even though they do have the restraining order. So I just want to, you know, welcome Shannon Lee to the broadcast on tonight. I can't wait to hear what she has to say. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us here tonight on Real Life, Real Faith. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. So listen, I, I know that you are an advocate for uh, domestic violence. So I just kind of want to let you do, to kind of speak on your role as an advocate and what you kind of see happening out there, particularly as it, re- as it relates to some of the legislation that's there. Because like I said a few moments ago, some of it has changed, but I'm not, I don't know that all of it has changed necessarily uh, enough to really protect women the way that it should. So you go ahead and speak about that. Well, certainly, and, I, you know, I really, I started working with different organizations on a volunteer basis um, decades ago. Um, I started out with the Domestic Abuse Helpline for Men and Women, and uh, so this is an issue that I've been working with for many years, even before I went public with my own story. Um, I can certainly tell you that, you know, you started off talking about the subject of my film, which is marital rape. And I can certainly assure you that that is illegal in all 50 states and and, in U.S. territories. So it is something that you can be prosecuted for, certainly, um, you know, and be sued in civil court for. Um, But in terms of, I don't know if it's such a huge problem in terms of legislation. I think it's a huger, a bigger problem when it comes to society um, our issues um, and our, our really our prejudices about um, what constitutes rape or sexual assault um, in the context of a marriage, certainly. And, and there's still a whole lot of rampant sexism. Um, so you'll see that when these cases come out. I mean, we, right now we have a presidential candidate who is being sued right now for rape. Um, and so, you know, there, there's so many cases out there and so you kind of see that when you talked earlier about, you know, within hot topics about the divisiveness in this country, you can kind of see that play out where you have these antiquated attitudes about what consent means, what what sex means, and um, and what you are and are not, you know, permitted to do with other people, what's illegal, um, what's morally wrong. We always have these conflicts, you know, when these discussions are, are brought up. Yeah, and, you know, it's such a, like you said, it. well, let me, let me put it like this. I know that I grew up as a PK or a previous kid, and I know, uh, but in particular, in that area, how ideas can be misconstrued and how women um, that may feel like they can go to their um, clergy to report what's going on with them or to tell them, talk to them about what's going on, and then a mother of the church may come and say, oh, well, honey, just, just go pray for them or, or whatever the case may be. And it's, 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 sometimes it seems like there's such a huge divide, especially when you're talking about marriage. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think, and there's a lot of confusion, and especially when you're talking about within the church. I mean, we have, you know, we, we have scripture that talks about, um, you know, how a, a wife should should really, you know, give up her conjugal rights, you know. Um, and so mm-hmm. the wife, we have scripture that says that the wife does not have authority over her own over her own body. You know, this is in First mm-hmm. Corinthians. So um, you have these, you know, people are, are taking scripture and they're applying it to current times, and, and it really doesn't work that way. We know better, so we should be able to do better. Um, we, you know, we, we should understand, and that's where the education needs to come in when it comes to consent, um, you know, and when we're discussing sex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting that you brought that scripture up because I, I always tell congregations that they need to make sure that they read the entire passage and just not just one scripture because it also tells the man yeah. to do the same. Nobody ever refers to that. Nobody ever talks yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Just like the whole scripture about the submission. And nobody talks about the scriptures that come before that that talk about them submitting to one to, to another and even us submitting as, as believers to each other and that he needs to be following Christ and loving her like Christ loved the church. And we all know that Christ died for the church. So, you know, it's, it's always interesting to me. I mean, that's, that's, that's probably a whole different broadcast, but, you know, how, how mm-hmm. scriptures can be totally out of uh, context and, and be exactly. applied when it suits the individual. Absolutely. It does It does also say, husbands, be kind to your wives, and there's nothing kind about rape or sexual assault. Not at all. Not at all. So, listen, when you are out advocating on behalf of women with regards to domestic violence, what are some of the uh, the things that you see or maybe some of the stories that you hear um, at, this, at this point in time? Because it's, it's not a new issue, but I think that um, as women are becoming more and more uh, secure and and able to speak out for themselves and and not afraid that it may be changing somewhat. So, do you see any differences now um, as it relates to when you started years ago? You know, I think we definitely are able to raise the conversation. Um, you will hear a lot of talk about it in social media. And when I had an essay published. My first essay that was published um, about my experience was published on Exo Jane. And um, the the sad thing for me was to see the response from women that were talking about how they were still actively involved in either a marriage or a long term relationship where uh, where they were constantly being you know being raped and being violated in that way. And whether it was, you know, they were unable to leave due to financial reasons, um, you know, maybe they just, you know, sometimes you're just so emotionally beat down that you um, don't feel like you're you're worthy of a better life, mm-hmm. you know. But for whatever reason, they were still in that situation. Um, so I think the difference now is that people are still are willing to to um, raise that conversation. And, and even admit that they know that they are in an abusive relationship, whether or not they are ready to leave the actual um, relationship. So I I, I certainly know that many, many years ago, you know, this was something that was not discussed, period, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a film that came out recently 
um, that did very, very well, and that was Surviving Compton with, with the artist, recording artist Michelle A., where she talks mm-hmm. about how she was raised in an environment where her grandmother taught her, you know, that you have to put up with whatever you need to in order to keep your man, you know, and insinuated that if you are abused, that is your fault. You need to change. You need to do something different. You need to do better. You know, so these are the attitudes that people were raised with. So certainly 10 years ago, um, it was more of a situation where there was more silence surrounding it um, than there is now. Yeah. Well, everybody, we're speaking with Shannon Lee, who is a writer, activist, and filmmaker that's been featured on Huffington Post Live, The Wall Street Journal, and Real Simple. And when we come back, we're going to ask her some more questions about her journey with regards to domestic violence, why she started in uh, working in this particular area, and what she would tell somebody that may be dealing with domestic violence even at this time. So we'll be back in just a moment. Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. This is the news. This morning, we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort. They now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. The prestigious Harvard Medical School is breaking ground today, opening its doors to new female applicants. Today, little girls all over the world look to the sky, where the first woman is now in space. Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids, and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers, people who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I am your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody, to Real Life, Real Faith. I'm Cheryl Lacey Donovan, and tonight we're speaking with Shannon Lee. And, Shannon, I just wanted to ask you, because I know you come across a lot of women who are experiencing some type of abuse. What would you say to somebody that um, may think that they're in a relationship that's abusive, but maybe they're afraid to go out and get some help? Yeah, the first thing I would say was is really just um, increase your awareness. Um, normally, you know, we understand when we're in a relationship that is unhealthy and that is just toxic. Um, and there's a lot of times when you will see situations in public 
and you'll say, oh, that reminds me of my relationship, or, oh, you might watch a movie or read an article, and you'll start to get these little hints that, you know, this reminds me of my relationship. I don't like it. It doesn't feel right in my spirit. So, you know, you need to start learning how to recognize the signs of abuse. Um, But once, you know, and it doesn't even matter if it's overt, you know, if it's verbal abuse, if if it's mental abuse, anything that makes you uncomfortable and is not healthy for you, um, I would say that you cannot, um, you, you can't, your life is not going to improve until you get out of the situation. So you need to start making an inventory of all of your resources, family, friends, um, you know, anyone that you might be able to turn to, any type of local organizations. Start making a plan to get out of that situation. Start putting money aside if you're able to do that. Um, and then, you know, get help because if you, when you are in an abusive relationship, um, you're in a circumstance where, you know, you are going through things that can cause long, long-term psychological damage. And so we're talking about, you know, uh, things that can be as severe as making you, you know, depressed or making you suicidal. So don't think that this is something that you can get over on your own. Do not be afraid to seek help. I'm a big proponent of, of uh, getting some type of, of mental health counseling. Um, and, and that really will help you, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you used the word um, a few moments ago, damaged. And I know that you wrote a um, an article, I think it was, in the Huffington Post and talked about how, you know, women who are divorced a lot of times are referred to as damaged goods. And I, I for mm-hmm. one, don't think that I've been divorced. I don't think that I'm damaged. So where does that, where does that come from? Why, you know, why do people put that type of stigma on someone and just automatically assume that because they're divorced, they're damaged. And how do we, how can we go about trying to change that? Yeah, and it's really unfortunate. And and unfortunately, it it just speaks to, again, a lot of the rampant uh, sexism that's in our society because you don't often hear them referring to men as damaged. Um, It's normally the women that are divorced and certainly women that are divorced with children, um, they kind of tend to give that label to. And, um, you know, I would say there's no no one that has been in a romantic relationship that has gone sour, um, you know, or has been in, in even a short-term relationship that was really unhealthy, you know, walks away unscarred. We all have some type of emotional baggage. So, we definitely need to get away from those stereotypes and get away from judging and labeling people um, because I, I really don't feel like it pertains to them. I see divorce as a new opportunity, um, as a rebirth, and an opportunity for you to go on and do other positive things in your life. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with that, and I don't, I don't even know where um... – you know, when I think about myself or, or look at some of the other women that I know that are divorced, I, I don't I don't see that. I don't know where the perception comes from, but I mean, you know, I guess it's just uh, um, an individual an individual mindset that brings it about. So I'm going to take another really quick break, and then when we come back, I want to talk about your film, Marital Rape Is Real, because I know that you take that 
to different events for nonprofit organizations and um, mm-hmm. help to raise awareness about the marital rape because, as I, like I said earlier, back in the 80s when I reported it to the police, they said there was nothing that they could do. So, you know, I know now that it's a little bit different, but I think it's something that does need to have more awareness to it so people can even recognize when it happens to them. So we'll be back in just a moment with Shannon Lee on Real Life Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers, people who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Marital rape is real. Marital rape is real. Shannon, what is that about? It's actually a short film that was adapted from two of my published essays about my personal experience um, of being raped by my ex-husband. Um, and so it, it, it again, it, it allows me to kind of partner with different organizations that are so thrilled to have some type of a, a visual, some type of a film that they can screen at their different fundraising events. Um, and so it's, it's been a joy to be able to, to put the film out and to go out in the community and spread awareness in that way. And, and I, I, I want to thank you you know, for sharing your experience as well so people can kind of get the gravity of why women do not report um, these types of, of crimes because you went through it, you went through the situation, you weren't taken seriously by the police, mm-hmm. and people need to really understand that, you know, the majority of, um, of rapists are not prosecuted um, if they mm-hmm. end up going to trial, they are not convicted. And so we need to stop asking this question, why don't you report it to the police? Because you can report it to, to the police, you can have your life turned upside down in the process, and nothing mm-hmm. will come out of it. You will not receive justice in that way. So that's why women do not report. Yeah. And, you know, it is so unfortunate that, you know, even even um, if you're not married to the perpetrator, there, there are a lot of issues surrounding that. Even here in, in Harris County in Houston in Texas, um, a young lady reported she was on the witness stand getting ready to uh, testify, and, and she had had some mental things going on previously, and it just so created anxiety for her that she had a meltdown on the stand, and the, the mm-hmm. foolish um, prosecutor here, or not prosecutor, the district attorney, ended up having her taken away and placed in the jail where her very perpetrator was also placed. And I, you know, we had a whole press conference around that because that was one of the most foolish things i ever seen in my life, and I could not believe that, once again, here is a victim that's being treated so poorly in, in this type of situation. And, and our district attorney happens to be a woman. I, it just... 
it floors mm-hmm. me how you still have not come to a place where there is some type of of consistency with regards to how people view this, how people treat it, how, how prosecution goes for it. It's, it's the craziest thing ever. And for sure, when it, it happens within a, a marital relationship, it has, takes on a whole different look because people want to, you know, they, they begin to talk about the, the victim and, and what the victim didn't do and how the victim didn't respond and how, mm-hmm. the, you know, you this and did that. And I just think that it's a travesty. Absolutely. There's a lot of, of, of victim blaming, and you have to understand that, especially within the context of a relationship, if there's any type of intimate partner violence, these victims are dealing with additional issues of, of feeling hurt, of, you know, feeling betrayed, and really just trying to figure out how they're going to move forward from there. When you are married to your rapist, you have to figure out how you or if you want to end that marriage, and there's a whole lot of things we know that come with divorce. It's very complicated. It's very sad. And, um, you know, I recently did, um, there, there's a show coming out. I filmed a, a, a docu-series for the Reels channel. It's called Scandal Made Me Famous. And um, I am on the episode discussing the trials between um, Lorena and John Bobbitt and, you know, the whole issue of her, you know, hurting her husband came about, you know, her, her defense attorney, her, her defense was that he actually had raped her and there was some type of psychological trauma and psychological break that made her, you know, sever his penis. This is one of the most notorious uh, cases of domestic violence um, that, you know, has ever, you know, happened in this country, that has ever been in the media. And so this is almost, you know, 25 years later where there's still Mm -hmm. so many uh, people choosing sides and, you know, thinking that she was in the wrong and and overlooking this whole, you know, long history of abuse that occurred within that marriage. Yeah. I think that comes out, what, November the 19th? November 19th, yes. Absolutely. Well, listen, it has been great speaking with you this evening. And uh, before we go, I'd like you to give our listeners information on how they can contact you, find out what you're doing, and if they want you to come out and speak to their groups and organizations, how they can go about making that happen. Absolutely. Um, You can certainly reach out to me on my main website, which is My Love for Writing, and that's the number four. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook at My Love for Writing. Um, certainly check your local, local listings um, for the Reels channel, Scandal Made Me Famous. And, um, you know, definitely reach out to me. Again, I, I, this short film is available to be screened at local, local events for nonprofits that serve survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. So definitely feel free to reach out to me. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight, and hopefully we can have you back um, to talk about some of the some of the other things that you may be doing with regards to your advocacy efforts and your film filmmaking as well. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Everybody, that was Shannon Lee, and her film is Marital Rape is Real. You can have it screened at your nonprofit organization. Um, you can visit her website. Uh, which is entitled My Love, the number four, 
www.myloveforwriting.com, myloveforwriting.com. And as always, you can connect with us on Facebook at Real Life Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan, on Twitter at Real Faith Mag, as well as on Instagram at Real Life Real Faith. Make sure you go out and subscribe to the podcast here on Blog Talk Radio, or you can also subscribe at iTunes as well. Uh, feel free to visit our website also, realliferealfaithmedia.com. And as always, we want to remind you that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Be blessed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.